0: Welcome to the Campus Talent Lab podcast, your go-to resource for campus recruiting and early talent management expertise and insight. Each episode focuses on solutions to one specific challenge in the campus ecosystem. Whether you're looking to amplify your brand on campus, optimize intern conversions, diversify your workforce, or drive improvement to any part of your student hiring or early talent programs, Campus Talent Lab has got you covered. Today's episode is how to get your company on board with your new campus strategy and features a discussion with Maura Quinn, Assistant Vice President, Campus Recruiting and DEI Programs at Liberty Mutual Insurance. Here's your host, Graham Donald. I'm your host, Graham Donald, founder and president of Campus Talent Lab, a division of Brainstorm Strategy Group. Today's topic is how to get your company on board with your new campus strategy. The Campus Talent Lab, we view campus recruiting and early talent management through a model that we call the Campus Talent Ecosystem. Um, this ecosystem consists of a number of success pillars, and the first of which is is clarity. So that's the process of setting a clear mission and direction for your program so you can get everybody on board and get everyone aligned. Today's topic actually addresses the second of these pillars, which we call commitment. So this is the very important step. Of ensuring that you have support throughout your organization from senior leadership to hiring managers to everyone else uh, that you rely on internally to represent your organization and to work with your campus hires. So given all the change that's resulted from going to recruiting and managing virtually, it's become necessary to to re-engage with your internal partners. And to explore this topic further, it's my pleasure to welcome Laura Quinn. Who's assistant vice president of campus recruiting and DEI programs at Liberty Mutual Insurance. Welcome, Maura.
1: Hi, Graham. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you very much for being here. Um, Before we get into the topic specifically, I thought maybe we could just get a little bit of context uh, about Liberty Mutual. So the scale of your your student programs and and maybe the the majors you hire from.
1: Of course. So Um, We are a Boston-based insurance company focused in property casualty. Um, In our early talent space, uh, we are, on average, uh, the past couple years, it's only been about 1,200 hires, and that spans from emerging talent sources through undergrad um, up through PhD programs. The majority come in through our undergrad internship, um, which is generally about 500 hires. Um, and then uh, you know, ideally converting uh, into about 400 full-time positions undergrad. And then in the MBA PhD space, it's, it's along the lines of about 150 to 200 on an annual basis. The biggest group that we hire uh, is in our tech space. And so computer science and engineering is certainly a major that we do target. Um, across our other functions, uh, they're primarily our development programs. So it's more of the corporate um, Uh, opportunities that we have available for students, actuarial science, analytics, human resources, uh, finance, and accounting are the largest drivers. Um, So generally focused on business schools, but we have shifted our focus to really the common skills uh, that are needed in entry-level hiring versus targeting specific majors. Uh, And that's been that's been another uh, piece to our our evolution in our campus strategy as well to try to broaden uh, the scope of of the candidate pipeline.
0: That's a very helpful perspective. Um, you know, we just immediately make assumptions when we see see the name of an organization. Either we know nothing about it, or we have a name like Liberty Mutual that is going to have people gonna have some familiarity with with insurance in the title people are going to make assumptions as you say with actuarial sciences and things like that yep. but i'm not sure you know that any company's not a technology company anymore so it's interesting to hear to hear that emphasis um right but i also appreciate what you're saying about not just not you're moving from majors to to skills and uh i think that makes a, a lot of sense And and you're probably not alone in that i hope you're not alone in that yeah um, yeah uh, one other thing I just wanted to ask you about before we jump in is just your your background. Everybody here is uh, somewhere in their career in in this space, and uh, uh, many early, many with lots of experience. So, how did you find yourself in 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 campus, and and what did the ascension look like?
1: Sure. Um, so I I could go on for days about this story. I will keep it short. <laughs> I ended up at Liberty in uh, in a brand new role for college talent and human resources. Uh, this was close to 20 years ago when I was getting out of college and quickly um, we had one program aligned to Inroads that was the only sort of campus recruiting space at Liberty. Um, I was involved in some of the programming with those interns that first summer of my, my job and loved it and have literally been growing the programs for the last almost 19 years at Liberty. Um, they took a chance to start building it. We finally got a recruiting function at Liberty in 2006, um, and from there, uh, we've just been continuing to evolve how we bring in entry-level talent um, in, across the organization.
0: Fantastic! Great. I love that story because I've never left the campus space since I was born, <laughs> and I'm glad <laughs> to hear you're here too with us. So. Uh, so with that, let's get into this specific topic. Um, um, and my sort of opening question is simply, you know, what, what was the big picture problem that you were trying to solve?
1: Sure. So I think, you know, in a large organization, well, even in a small organization, um, senior leaders, executives, they sort of have their own thoughts around talent. Um, and we've been evolving our campus recruiting strategy, you know, for years, but, but most significantly since 2017 when these new technology resources became available and sort of new ways to recruit and source talent had evolved. So the the biggest challenge we had was really helping to shift the mindsets of leaders down through hiring managers in the organization that there have been lots of new sources of ways to proactively source talent versus that sort of historical method of aligning to a list of target schools and standing at career fairs and hoping someone might walk by that has the right skills for your role. Um, And so it was really trying to get out and share our evolution across the entire business and have that filter down through the hiring managers so they could see new ways of doing things proactively in this space.
0: Yeah, makes a lot of sense. I think, uh, a bit like marketing everybody sort of seems to think they're an expert in campus recruiting just like they do in marketing right they consume it they they were a student or they have kids or they have all sorts of perspectives on it and that can be uh, perhaps more of a challenge than an asset at times Absolutely. Um, what uh you know given that bigger context what's what are the challenges that that creates that that tapping people you know sort of not up to speed on on how you go about things now
1: So those historical methods for for a a great point in time at at Liberty uh, served us well when we had sort of that target school list and um, schools in proximity to our locations. Um, But what we found, what the data was telling us was that although this was a great source of talent coming in from these particular schools performance wise, we could do a lot better in terms of hiring more uh, people of color and women. And so that's why we really had to address sort of that historical view of here's the target schools where we have to try to get, you know, 70, 80% of our hires, because that's where we're dedicating our resources and our budget. So we had to figure out how do we expand those sources to increase women and people of color in our programs.
0: Right, right. So a, a lot of people in your organization were pretty focused, I would imagine, on those traditional campuses and thinking that's where the talent should keep coming from.
1: Exactly. Um, but as we started to shift with implementing some technology solutions back in 2018 and sort of creating this hybrid virtual and in-person strategy, um, the data started to reflect an increase in people of color and women uh, in certain roles in the organization where we really needed to see that change. In 2020, as an organization, we made a decision, our Senior leadership made a decision to be open with the current demographics of Liberty Mutual, our makeup, by race and ethnicity and gender, and set some aspirational goals of where we wanted to be in 2025. And so when I was able to share, even at the, that entry level, the talent that we were bringing in and how significantly our increases were or have been year over year with underrepresented talent, as well as, you know, women specifically in the tech space uh, for us they their eyes were open and they wanted to understand, well, what are you doing to get to these numbers? There's there's got to be something different. Um so that's where the those aha moments I like to say, you see the light bulbs go off when someone asks what's your target school strategy and you say, well we have a target source strategy right now. It's not just about those historical schools, many of them which have amazing populations of talent, just not as strong underrepresented populations in terms of the, the the quantity that we could attract.
0: Great. So as we jump into looking at then how you you solved this sort of disconnect, you you are, you, the first step is you actually start doing some hiring at these different campuses, and then you're able to show this is working. Um, really helps to be able to show this is working before you have to win everyone over.
1: Absolutely. Right.
0: How does the rest of that look like in terms of a solution and, and reengaging? Yeah.
1: So, so we started to develop a plan and it was more of a communication plan. We had the buy-in from our most senior leaders on these new sources. So when we think about some organizations and you're still um, perhaps struggling with what does our target school list look like? And, and you know, there's still some of that input from senior leaders that wanna go back to um, you know, where they went to school. Um, we think about our strategy now in terms of target sources. And so schools still play a part. Um, and we still do have some really deep connections with schools that we, we will continue to keep. But it's not that list of you know, 40 boots on the ground really driving um, double digit hires. Um, it's more of a virtual engagement strategy through the technology that we can leverage to hit students by skills and location versus specific schools. So colleges and universities still remains a source. We have our virtual sourcing platforms, which has sort of exploded um, because it allows us to um, run campaigns for students based on certain skills, certain demographics, certain locations where they wanna live. Um, we have national partnerships. Uh, in the DEI space, we, have, we now have 45 national partnerships, uh, well, regional and national, I guess I could say, where I have a team that is dedicated to owning the relationships with those programs and partnerships those students to actually source and then put them into talent pools so the recruiters can leverage that talent. Very different than a typical recruiting structure because we are now very specialized in our functions um, within my team. Uh, And so that's another source, those DEI programs and partnerships. And then um, our Liberty Proprietary Programs. So these are programs that we've developed to attract students, early, so freshman and sophomore in the undergrad space, and then pre-MBA for our graduate programs um, to attract them and engage them in the culture of our organization and the people of our organization in hopes that they want to stay connected. And then they get to interview early for internships. Um, and all of these have you know, mentorships and sponsorships alongside of them um, because We need, as an insurance company, we need to create these authentic experiences for students. And so that's another source. Um, And by sharing with hiring managers, not only the numbers that we produce year over year in terms of increases to to people of color and women in certain roles, um, having these multiple sources and making sure that we're getting return from all of these sources and spending the dollars where we're getting the return it's, it's hard to disagree with. <laughs> um, and so I would say though, it ne- it's never perfect. So it's still sort of that 80, 20, I think 80% of the hiring managers are on board. 20% still think, no, I need to be at that school in my backyard um, because I, I, I want that local student. We'll try to support them as much as we can, but we're also going to source talent from all of those other pools and share that alongside with, you know, what they're trying to Still get at that local college,
0: right? When you mentioned virtual services, um, are there examples you could share with us? And I'd say no if you don't. But uh, I'm wondering what those the are. the
1: virtual sourcing. Yeah, it's leveraging tools, and I'm, I'll just throw a whole bunch out there because I don't, yeah. I don't, <laughs> don't want to only specify one tool. There's a lot, right? So you have Handshake, which is a platform. Um, that, you know, as an organization, you can use the free service or upgrade to the premium where you can run these large campaigns and attract hundreds of thousands of students right. at once, hoping that, you know, there's going to be some follow up. They're not all going to RSVP to your events. Way up is another very similar platform that Way up provides candidates that are zero to five years of experience. So a little bit different. Um, there's a jumpstart platform. There's Ripple Match, right? So there's technology tools. And I think we've test and learned with actually all of those that I just mentioned, right, right. Um, you know, and we found the one or two that work for us best um, based on uh, my own team structure. Um, and I think every organization is a little bit different, right? The resources that they have versus what they could sort of outsource to get the, the, the extra support. So there's definitely multiple solutions. Um, we're fortunate we found the one that works for us.
0: Great. Great. In in this um, evolution then, it sounds like there's been sort of, you've done some things, you've been able to demonstrate some successes. Was there anywhere in in there a sort of a a master presentation or a larger sort of like a, a, a presenting or educating of the firm? Like how did that?
1: Absolutely. So we started with documenting the evolution of campus recruiting since those major changes in 2017. And so when we think about back in 2017, we were target school focused, we had specific college hire criteria, and we also still had um, executive, um, I don't want to say buy-in because it wasn't, it, it was really something that we needed to change, but there was still um, this concept of the baron's rank of the school, and students had to, or we, we could only recruit from schools that, had, that were competitive or above, which limited our pool to begin right. with. And then based on the competitiveness of the school, they had to have a GPA, a certain GPA. It limited the talent pool so significantly. And when you think about a student that we're trying to recruit for a claims job, right? That's the general liberal arts. There's not, I mean, there's specific skills that we look for, but there's no major that you can go and try to recruit a claims student. And so, um, you know, shifting the focus away from some of that antiquated historical um, criteria really opened a lot of doors for us. And that's when we were able to start building relationships with historically black colleges and universities. We were able to, you know, um, sort of separate from some of the schools where we may or may not get a hire each year, but focus our resources and our funding on um, DEI programs and partnerships. That was the main shift between 2018 and 2020 with those DEI programs and partnerships. And then finding the students through, the technology platforms versus standing out a career fair. Right. So right. our talent pipelines just exploded because of the way that we were able to source more and more volume. Um, and then, you know, when COVID hit, we actually were in a really, really good spot. Um, in March of 2020, our hiring for 2021 was complete. And so we had to pivot for our, our intern program to make sure that, that was successful in a virtual environment. Um, but we were set up for fall of 2020 recruiting because we already had access to these technology platforms, and so we still wanted to partner with schools and where we know that there's certain revenue streams, right? That the career centers still need and and were lacking, quite honestly, when they couldn't um, put on you know uh, career fairs and some of the in-person events. So we still made contributions to career services where we have great relationships because we wanted to support them. Um, but we did switch to a virtual engagement strategy. Um, and we'll continue that going forward. Uh, and it would it's going to be more than supplemental as we move forward, um, because it just allows us to stay sort of laser focused on the, the talent with the skills, the background, um, and the specific geographies and things like that that we need, you know, versus hoping, right? That we meet someone at, at a large event that walks by our booth. We can just be much more proactive with a pre-event engagement strategy and then post-event follow-up.
0: Yeah, yeah. You you um, you mentioned diversity partners. I, I know it's probably a really long list, but maybe just a quick, I don't, don't want to bog you down in a lot of details, but just some of the ones that seem to really work well for you, if you wouldn't mind sharing. Yeah,
1: um, so I'll... I'll one caveat to all of this, yeah. it needs to be resource appropriately. You need to have dedicated staff that can own the relationship and every participant in that program that they can be reaching out to proactively prior to any event. So I'll, I'll lead with that. In the MBA space, um, we've been super successful with Forte and the Consortium for Graduate Studies and Management. Um, and then in the undergrad space, again, Consortium, their Competitive Advantage Program, I'm giving away my secret sauce here because <laughs> not a lot of. You have to. <laughs> there's not a lot of companies yet that that actually uh, do partner with with uh, consortium at the undergrad level because it is new. But uh, they're trying to grow their student population so they can do that with corporate funding. So yeah. check out consortium. Um, you know, we leverage Nesb, Grace Hopper, and Tapia in the yeah. computer science space have been phenomenal for us. Um, I've talked to some of my peers at those big name tech firms and they yeah. are amazed at the volume of offers and acceptances that we've had from some of those conferences but it truly is you can't just show up and expect the hires to happen it is all about the pre-event engagement strategy and then post-event follow-up you've got to be doing the interviews right after the fact to, to to convert these individuals I mean students nowadays they're seeing six to eight offers
0: those are big investments to be at those events too and to partner there so that you can Yeah,
1: you know, and, and with many of these, um, we actually, with all of our programs, uh, we have a talent leader champion program and we have an executive aligned to all of these different um, programs and partnerships. Um, so they sort of help uh, act as sort of the face of the, the program, but our CIO is at Grace, Hop- Grace Hopper and Tapia with us that's how important bringing talent into his organization is um, and, you know, building just this huge pipeline of software developers, software engineers.
0: Great, great. Yeah. It, um, you know, I think you've already sort of covered a lot of what went well, so I'm wondering if as you, and it sounds like also you were so well positioned because you were already making these moves before it was kind of really accelerated. The gas was thrown on the fire by by the pandemic, um, and you were in a well, good position for that, but as you look back, other things you might Uh, a different way you might attack it, or other things you might do differently as you look back now?
1: So hindsight, uh, as we were making so many changes and trying to become agile back in, you know, starting in 2018 with implementing the virtual, that's when I would have started my communication to get the buy-in from senior leaders versus sort of trying it at our level, seeing what worked, and then trying to push it up to convince them a few years later. I I would have brought them along as key partners in the decisions as we were making them versus sort of just trying to get out there and do it and then convincing them that it worked on the back end. I think, you know, building the relationships with your business partners, your hiring managers specifically probably would have um, allowed or probably would have lessened sort of the, the anxiety of my team sometimes, right? When trying now to get people on board versus if we had taken them along the journey. That's probably my one thing I would do differently.
0: Sounds like that really posed challenges for your campus team specifically sort of coming up against this, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: what caused need to educate, I imagine.
1: Exactly, and it is, it's that, it's just that consistent need to educate and re-educate. So during this, um, because the communication piece is so important and the transparency behind what we're doing is going to help us as well, We've built out an entire site for campus recruiting within our internal intranet so that anyone who wants to learn more or get involved um, can go and, you know, look at our strategy, see all of our programs and partnerships, you know, where where we're already there. Um, Because oftentimes in many of these companies, I'm sure that are listening, have employee resource groups and these members want to get involved and they're really passionate about it. And so what we had to do in that space, right, was share with them everything that we're already doing because we can't do everything. And you know, there's 3,000 people in in our ERG um, for Black employees. Now, 3,000 new ideas on a weekly basis, I swear, (laughs) and they're all great. Um, But but you know, it's hard to do everything. And so sharing transparently what we do, what our outcomes have been, you know, with, with our employees, with our hires. And then offering them also a way we have a platform for them to submit new ideas and programs so that they can be evaluated on a monthly basis from talent acquisition and from our leaders in the DEI space to figure out okay what what can we bring on versus hey what maybe didn't work out this past couple of years so we're gonna we're gonna sort of tailor that one off and and bring on something new.
0: Great. Um, anything else you would uh, provide as in terms of recommendations for others that. Uh... We may have covered it already, but things that others should consider?
1: Um, I think, you know, as we think about new approaches and sourcing, think about team skills and design. We knew that uh, in the traditional sense of a campus recruiter, we asked them to be a jack of all trades. You know, they have to be able to work with the candidates, the career centers, the hiring managers, run the requisitions, plan the events, execute the events. It's too much. So I would suggest trying to think about how you can create some more specialization within your teams, right? Take the talent that you have, figure out what they are best at, and then sort of create roles designed to maximize their talents.
0: Makes sense. So the complexity of campus recruiting and early talent management just keeps growing, right? It
1: does. Um. It absolutely does.
0: And the competition's getting tighter. And uh, the other thing it sounds like you'd have to be very good at, which I imagine you were through your technologies, is you're... You must be having the volumes of applicants and and dealing with that volume must be a key challenge, too, I would think.
1: It absolutely is. You know, um, we had a campus recruiter role open recently, and I said to one of my uh, managers, hey, let me get in that rack and and go through. I want to see what's out there for talent coming in. I swear, I mean, to get through the noise of maybe 100 candidates that were in there for a campus recruiter role, seven were qualified. So if I think about a recruiter owning 30 recs at a time and the volume, right? So now the next phase for us is AI. What can we do to help, right? Um, Sort of eliminate some of the noise uh, of candidates that really just don't have the right skills or background so that the team doesn't have to go through 100 resumes to get down to seven people. So that's next on our horizon.
0: (laughs) <laughs> that's a that's a that's a good one an important one. I um I, I got a question that came in here. I'll paraphrase it a little bit, but just from a student's perspective, with these changes, um, how how can they better prepare for the waste going? Should they be jumping into all these platforms? Um, you know, what what would you recommend for them or for the career educators that are advising them?
1: I mean, I still think they have to they have to consider the type of work they want as well as the culture of an organization. They still wanna start with, with culture and the environment that they wanna work in. Um, because I would never say, you know you need to just start going to everything that everyone offers. There's too much noise out there for students. They have to narrow down what they like to do and the type of culture they think they wanna be in first and then start participating in some of these engagement activities where they can really learn about the organization versus you know sort of those um, I guess the historical method was, right? We run an info session about our financial management program. You know what a financial management program is. You can read the job description. You don't know what the company is or the culture. So I would I would say students really need to focus on learning more about culture of organizations um, and sort of what they like to do um, in terms of participating in events to learn more.
0: Right, find alignment with their interests and. That's great advice, thank you. Um, another question is again a good one. I mean, you, you know, you, your programs may not be massive, but to some people they are. And, right. and Imagine starting out with uh, trying to hire ten to twenty interns in a smaller organization. The questions come here is, you know, would you um, would you go out and partner with campuses? Do you think, or do you think you'd be more likely to go to a technology platform? You know, what would um, I think normally I think be, a company would say, let's go to meet with a few local schools and get started there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, I think it could be a both and. It depends on the resources that you have, um, and and where you can spread yourself. If you have enough resources to be able to start partnering with a few schools that might be local, um, you know, that is that is an absolute um, you know solid strategy still when it's low numbers like that. Um, there's also platforms that'll do it for you, though. You know, um, again, I mean, uh, I'm I'm not endorsing any particular one company, right? But for for an organization, if you have very limited resources in t- in terms of staffing, like a Ripple Match has an algorithm that matches candidates and sends them directly to you that are pre-screened. Right. right? So that that's an option when you're thinking about the resources and the budget that you have to work with.
0: Sure. I know the crystal ball is very challenging these days. Um, and you've, you've made it clear, you expect to have a lot of virtual sources and sourcing, uh, no matter what happens in the future. Do you, can you picture as things get very competitive, uh, a very intense need to be in person as well, though? Or do you think that's going to be key to differentiating? Because I'm hearing some organizations saying they think they'll stay virtual, period. And I just don't know if that'll work.
1: I agree. Uh, we will we'll absolutely be a hybrid when, you know, when it's safe enough to do so. Um, because again, we're an insurance company. So relationship recruiting has always been at our, as the core of our model. Um, And so definitely in-person events. I can't say that I'll ever stand at a career fair with 4,000 people at it ever again. (laughs) Um, But I will say that the smaller engagement type activities are very meaningful. And we know that students still want them. We also have data that suggests though, that Um, women and people of color feel that it's more equitable in a virtual environment. They feel more comfortable in a virtual environment and virtual interviewing. Uh, That is one thing that we will continue is virtual interviewing. Um, Because quite honestly, with most people going back in a hybrid environment, we can't always count on enough uh, interviewers uh, to be available in person.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I I can imagine the value add is in the the relationship and Ignition, initiation, you know, um, in terms of uh, in person versus once you're into the interview cycle. Um, right. so that'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. I, uh, I want to thank you very much for investing your time to Absolutely. help advance the careers of others in campus screening yeah. and early talent management. Um, I look forward to staying in touch. We've used uh, up all our time here, but uh, thank you very much and, and best of luck in the future.
1: Thank you and safe travels, everyone.
0: Safe <laughs> travels, exactly. Thank you. Thanks very much. Best wishes, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Campus Talent Lab podcast. For more information and to join the
1: community, please visit www.campustalentlab.com.